Hello and welcome to another magical episode of Cam Fu and Friends. I am your host, Cam Fu, self-proclaimed movie snob and IT wizard. Thank you for tuning in today. My first guest host for episode five took a break from recording last month, but he has returned to us fully energized and ready to go. I want to welcome back Jason to Camfu and Friends. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm very unwizardly today. Unwizardly? <laughs> no. Well, I, I don't have it. the full credentials that you seem to have. I, <laughs> I dropped out after uh, the second year of Hogwarts. Oh. Well, you better bring your A game. Jason, as someone who has been on the show, but missed an episode what did you think of the last episode i really enjoyed it you just forgot to talk about the requiem for a dream soundtrack which was my, <laughs> one of my favorites not, and the ringtone of my phone believe it or not you are not the only one who mentioned that to me bethany and i have a friend named sam who was like none of you have recommended the uh requiem for a dream soundtrack or the score score yeah and uh and yeah also, like, no Quentin Tarantino soundtracks. I know. There's also so fantastic. many, though. That's the thing. And it's definitely a topic. Between we'll four of you, one of you should have brought up some Quentin Tarantino I know, movie. I know. We'll like, revisit Kill Bill it. is my favorite. But <laughs> we'll, we can move on now. We'll revisit it, I promise. And you can be on the episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My next guest, uh, this is her first appearance. She is my best friend in the whole wide world. The funniest person I know. I'd like to welcome my wife, Bethany, to Camp Fu and Friends. Welcome, my dear. Hello. <laughs> Funniest. Now I feel pressure to be super de duper funny. Yeah. Yeah. You better be. <laughs> uh, Pressure's on. Yeah. Sorry it's taken so long to get you on the show, but. That's okay. But uh, I think this is the most appropriate episode to have you on. I suppose, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Bethany is uh, a stay at home mom. No, no easy job, that's for sure. It's a full time job with our Juliana, right? Yep. Where is Julie now? Um, she is with my sister. Oh, she thought... picked her up from your mom. Okay, maybe she was like outside running around in the street <laughs> or something. I was gonna oh, ask yeah. Cameron, she plays you, in you traffic. don't know where your daughter is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, no, it's not the dad's to job to know. No. Where's your kid, Jason? <laughs> Probably run around the kitchen chasing the dog. <laughs> Probably. Mm. My third guest host for today is also a newcomer to the podcast. She is one of my closest cousins. She recently graduated from Western Washington University with a degree in psychology. Am I the most educated person here? <laughs> you might be. Yes, you are. <laughs> Very easily. <laughs> all right. All right. I like it. She now plans to do a little bit of traveling before finding a more permanent career. Something that I think all people should do. You know, you got to travel a little bit before you uh, decide to settle down. Anyway, I want to welcome my cousin, Shannon, to Cam Fu and Friends. Welcome. And cousins. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, Cam Fu <laughs> and friends and cousins. <laughs> and spouses. Yeah. Oh, Shannon I'm the only I... friend here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did you run out of people to invite? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Out now of I'm moving on to family. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But you get the honor of being the first family member. So there you yeah, go. not really bad. Like you. There you go. Maybe like next it. one will be Camp Fu and friends and their friends' spouses. I'll yeah. bring my wife. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> That'd be good. I want her to get on the show. Definitely. Yeah, I think right. she wants to. Uh, no, she will not. <laughs> one day, one day we'll get her. She doesn't even like identifying herself when she calls me at work. <laughs> She's like, they ask me who I am. I don't. I don't want to answer. <laughs> <laughs> nice. She's embarrassed. No. <laughs> Uh, well, Shannon and I used to make a lot of movies together and put on <laughs> little skits for our uh, parents when, whenever we visited each other. And I was just thinking about this the other day, and we never really lived close to each other until 
we were both in the Seattle area. Like, yeah. Growing up, we were always in like seriously like opposite ends of the country. So it's kind of interesting how we've been able to keep the you know relationship going, even though we probably only saw each other like a week a year. You know. Yeah. Thank God for Facebook. <laughs> Because that definitely helped. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> so Andrew could not be with us today because we got some feedback from some listeners who said that his comments were severely inappropriate <laughs> and offensive. So uh, I suspended him one episode. We made uh, him sit in the corner. Yeah. He's a really rude guy. So so there will be no shark jokes today. No shark jokes oh. today. <laughs> yep. Sadly. Or talking about Batman or Star Wars or Superman. <laughs> or movies that he only sees once they come out on Netflix. That's right. <laughs> um, I'm kidding, of course. Andrew is uh, just sitting this one out, and he will uh, hopefully be back soon, maybe in the next episode. If you want to know more about uh, any of my guest hosts or see their pictures, you can read more about them on our website at camfoonfriends.com. If this is the first time you are listening to Camfoo and Friends, let me just say that this show is an open discussion about media in all forms of entertainment. We give you news, our opinions, and our views on things like movies, TV shows, music, video games, and more. That way, if you have the same taste as us, you can hopefully judge for yourself whether or not you'll like something. This month's episode, we are going to be discussing Harry Potter. Yay! Yay! Everyone's excited about Harry Potter, right? <laughs> <laughs> Too excited. <laughs> nice. All right. So then uh, after Harry Potter, we'll move on to reviews like we normally do. But first, before we start anything, we need to hear what Bethany and Shannon's top five favorite films of all time are. So let's start with movies. Movies. All right, Bethany, why don't you start us off for today? What are your favorite films of all time? Okay, well, I had a hard time coming up with a just general top five of all different kinds of movies, so I decided to do something different. Please don't kill me. I came up with five movie genres and picked my number one from those genres. So my number one action movie is a, I guess, six-way tie between all... Six-way tie? (laughs) Between all Star Wars movies, uh, I couldn't pick. I couldn't should pick be a one. three-way tie. Well, it kind of <laughs> is, but I mean, I feel like I kind of have to lump in the prequels too. Phant- Phantom Menace can't be an all-time mm, favorite. <laughs> as a part of the whole, I'll just say the Star Wars series. So my favorite comedy, I said, was Monty Python before and the Holy on, Grail. Uh, before we move on, which of the Star Wars movies is your favorite? I would have to say Return of the Jedi. You like the Ewoks, huh? <laughs> I like the Ewoks, and I was pretty bummed that they cut out the Ewoks song when they re-released it, because <laughs> yep, yep. I love that. <laughs> it's pretty cool to see, you know, the celebrations around the galaxy, but I like the Ewoks. They're cuddly. And the Ewoks song. They're awesome. <laughs> okay, so moving on, my favorite comedy, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That's a good one. I have loved that movie since probably junior high. Me and my best friend would like quote it to each other all the time and no one else got it. And we were pretty much not liked that well, but we knew that we were awesome and we were. When I first started working with you, I remember uh, <laughs> lots of Monty Python quotes and I hadn't seen the movie at the time. So it was like completely <laughs> over my head. And I was like, who is this weird girl that is constantly <laughs> quoting some weird British movie I've never seen? She's awesome is the answer. <laughs> 
Yeah, I totally knew that Monty Python and the Holy Grail was going to be your favorite yeah. movie. I knew it would be on the list, too, just because of how many quotes I heard. I was like, if she's doing yeah. it by different genres, I knew that comedy, that one would I'm be I'm pretty it. sure she knows like the whole movie, like the whole pretty script, much. like all the dialogue in that movie from beginning to end. Yeah, you don't want to get me started. Even the credits, even the funny credits at the beginning, you probably know all those. Oh, too, huh? the Majestic Moose. <laughs> See, yes. there we go. There we go. Don't get me started. Okay. So third genre, um, romance movies. Um, it's a tie between Casablanca and Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, hmm. which I didn't really like. I was looking up top, you know, comedies, top action, whatever, and I was kind of surprised to see Eternal Sunshine on there. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized it really is a romance. I mean, yeah. You could argue that it falls under other genres, but yeah, it's like pretty a, romantic. Like a romantic drama yeah. comedy. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy just... It's it's on my top five of all time, so... Charlie Kaufman kind of just gets his own genre of himself. It's the Charlie Kaufman. <laughs> yeah. That's true. Anyways. And Casablanca classic, of course. Love that one. Okay. Fourth animated, Bambi. Definitely. Bambi is your favorite Really? Yeah. Yes. Bambi was, I could watch it over and over and over again as a kid. I That was how I learned how to use the remote control because I would rewind <laughs> and play my favorite parts and drive my siblings crazy because they hated it. Nice. But it's just classic. I mean, I could watch it over and over again. It's not the most like riveting edge of your seat movie, but... It's, no, it's just nostalgic. It's my childhood. It's a good movie. Like I, I love all the Disney animated movies, mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't know if that one would be my favorite. It's too so sad. just as like a, <laughs> it's sad. Yeah, it is sad. It's too boring. So just as like a spoiler in a future episode, I'm not sure which one yet. There's going to be a discussion topic all about Disney movies. <laughs> um, so I think during that time we'll just I'll just have everyone list like what their five favorite animated Disney films are, but. uh yeah, I don't think mine would be Bambi, but I it's a good movie. Will. I'm not, I'm not doubting that's a. And and as a side note, I did get to meet the gentleman who voiced Bambi. He was he came into the bank I was working in in San Angelo, and just got to chatting with him. And he mentioned that I was like, "Get out of here, you're Bambi." And so, <laughs> man, like, I never yeah. met anyone that cool working at that the bank. That is the coolest person yeah. that I Ryan met. Ryan Stiles came in a few times. Really? In Bellingham. Awesome. Really? He lives in Bellingham. Oh. Wow. Um, he owns a comedy theater there. Wow. So Did you do some improv with him? <laughs> Apparently, he's not that cool in person. <laughs> he, you uh, pretend you're depositing a check. Go. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, kind of likes to be more low-key. But um, yeah. I have friends all over town, and he would always show up at random places. <laughs> so for me, I never got to see him, which awesome. disappointing. That's cool. Very cool. So when you met Bambi, you met like the guy who did the voice of like young Bambi, Yes, right? young Bambi. And yeah. um, they like used his facial expressions when they were um, drawing the character mm. also. Like um, it's a horrible story when Bambi's mom gets shot or something. They needed to have his expression for that and his voice be really genuine. So they had ha- arranged for his mom to go on an errand or something while he was recording that scene. And then they like told him his mother was in trouble or something and to call out to her like um, she was on the phone or something. I think that's really cruel. I don't think they do that nowadays, but 
I got a very good reaction out of him. Yeah, probably a really natural reaction. What's next? Um, So my last is Christmas movies. And my number one Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life. It's a classic Christmas movie. Yes. Christmas movie, not a typical genre. I know, what but... Saying. I know, These are my true. favorite films of each genre. <laughs> yeah, that's But true. I mean, I feel like Christmas movies can fall into different genres. There can be like a Christmas comedy, a Christmas animated, but I thought it deserved its own category. And really? I mean, we really watch like... My family has specific movies that we always have to watch at Christmas time. And this is like my special movie to watch with my dad. He always cries. I always cry. The rest of the family hates the movie, but... It's our special thing, so. Really, you can think of her list as her top five, and but, she just but there's put no them order. Genres, yeah. She just had no, to say what I, genre I each one be, of them is. Right. You had to, I had to be different. <laughs> I had to be different because I'm so awesome. No, that's a good list. You have okay. You have a you. great list. Yeah, I like all those. Movies. Even though it has like twelve movies on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you very much, dear. And Shannon, we need to hear what your top five favorite films are. Okay, these are in no particular order. What's with this no particular order today? We need some order. (laughs) Movies are not really my forte. I would say I like TV shows a lot more. Mm -hmm. So I had a hard time. I tried to think of ones that I've watched most frequently and a new favorite. So I have Up, which I just watched again recently. Yeah. Love Up. Cry every time. I know. So are there any other... Before you continue, are there any other Pixar movies in your list? Um, no, because I had to take them out. So because I did not want my entire list to consist yeah. of Pixar movies. <laughs> like, this but girl is like five years old. I did have a really hard time. I love Wally. I love Finding Nemo, and they're all too good. So would Up be your favorite Pixar? movie? I think so. That's yes. cool. I dressed up as Russell for Halloween. Uh, that was awesome. I saw so, that picture. Oh, that pretty much says that. That was adorable. Nice. It is a good movie. Very it took good me a movie. while, too. So, um, And then I have 500 Days of Summer, which... Nice. Just love it. Yeah. It's a great movie. Yeah, just love it. It's a very original romantic comedy. Yep. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and well, then, it has one of my favorite things of random dance sequence. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Random dance. Outside like, of a Bollywood movie. Yes, <laughs> that one and Kung Fu Hustle have my two favorite random dance sequences. Oh, I totally <laughs> forgot about Kung Fu Hustle. Yes, that's right. <laughs> um, my next one is Titanic because I loved Leonardo DiCaprio when I was <laughs> in what, the fifth grade, something like that. Saw it with my dad for the first time. That was kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> Why? Uh, <laughs> um. But was the top list I that think was that was the first movie that I ever went the first day that the the VHS was released. Had to go oh, and get it the first VHS. day, you know. <laughs> it had two parts. That's oh right, yeah, two different so tapes. I, I usually only watched the first tape. I would usually just stop after that. The first half depressing is, on yeah, the second the first tape. Half Everybody is dies. Always way better. Um so I had that one. Um, also, 10 Things I Hate About You. Kind of a uh, nostalgic film. I watched that I don't know how many times. I back love in that middle film. S- I know. I love it. Heath Ledger. Well, I don't like it because of that. I used to know someone who, <laughs> I used to know someone who was uh, extra in that. Oh, yeah. Me too. Yeah. Well, it was filmed well, at, it, yeah, at in, Stadium yeah. High School, mm-hmm. which is kind of in uh, Tacoma. 
and uh, a really nice high school. Like it looks super fancy, like a mansion. The but yeah, Fremont and they Troll. filmed all around Seattle too. So it's a, it's definitely like a Seattle another movie, random but- dance sequence in that kind of oh yeah yeah the prom it's like well when Heath Ledger sings oh, and there's the yeah, band in the stadium oh what? yeah I thought you meant at the oh no I'm thinking of a different movie <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of a different like teen drama at, yeah like, what prom is that, that movie oh oh it's gonna bug it, me there was a prom was Melissa Joan Hart in that no no it was um Rachel Lee Cook uh, she's, all, she's that. all that oh okay I'm thinking of that one yeah yeah, Freddie sorry. Prince Jr. We can just Dorks. cut this entire thing. Off. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then newly added bridesmaids. I saw it twice wow. in theaters. I loved it. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah, I I don't think one. I've laughed so hard in a theater. <laughs> the dress scene in the bridal oh, yeah. salon. <laughs> oh, um, I also love the puppy scene with the little <laughs> pink fur. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that just got me. <laughs> That's an um, awesome movie. So yeah, kind of a random list. I wouldn't say they're my five ultimate right, top right. five movies. But I know for a lot of people, it's really hard. To it is really, down. really it is. hard. But uh, yeah, just do it. <laughs> Sorry. I'm just kidding. I if fail. I had to relist my five, they'd probably be completely different. Mostly because I forgot which ones I talked about. <laughs> and it's probably different every time I talk about them. Yeah, I can't pick them just out of my head. I do yeah. have to do a little research to get my... Yeah, I did. To get even, the juices flowing. Breaking it down into genres, I had to kind of Google, you know, top animated movies, top mm-hmm. action movies, you know. All right. Well, thank you for your list, Shannon. And now let's move on to our discussion topic for today. Let's talk about Harry Potter. <laughs> All right, since the final Harry Potter movie recently came out, I thought it would be a good idea to discuss the series in all of its different forms. You know, there's books, music, video games, movies. I mean, really, this the series transcended a lot of different mediums. One cool little thing about uh, all of us on the show today is that we have all read the Harry Potter books and have all seen uh, all the movies. <laughs> and if you haven't, shame on you. Yes. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Shame. Especially if you're in our age group, you're a disgrace to our generation. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to, to yeah, go off of that and, and point out that if you haven't gotten into Harry Potter or have had no interest in it, I would tell you to turn this podcast off right now and go see at least the movies. I mean, you don't have to read the books, at least see the movies because, uh, mm. Read the books. Don't read. Don't see the movies. <laughs> well, I mean, I just think mo- people are more likely to watch a you know two hour long movie over reading a long. The movies book. will inspire you to read. the Yeah, books. yeah. Hopefully yeah, they sure. will. And uh, you know the the series, the whole Harry Potter series defines a generation, and especially kind of in the time frame of when the movies came out. I mean, it's like you know almost exactly a decade. So they've already gone down in history um, as one of the most successful and loved franchises like along with Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and Back to the Future. It's like uh well it's the highest grossing film series of all time and uh if if you don't adjust for inflation they've uh made 7.5 billion dollars in worldwide receipts. So that's that is definitely no laughing matter. So basically what I'm trying to say is give it a shot, you know. 
if uh, if you are already into Harry Potter, but you haven't seen this uh, last movie yet, I would recommend skipping this part because we are going to review the uh, last movie and just uh, skip spoilers. to yeah, spoilers. skip to reviews and then come back and listen to uh, <laughs> to the discussion part later. Anyway, uh, so Shannon, let's start with you. I wanted to find out how did you first hear about or get into Harry Potter. Well, I think I was in probably seventh grade or so, um, going to a small Catholic school, and I remember going having library period, and some of the boys in my class were reading the books. Library period? Yes. What is that? Where you would go and check out books. That sounds like easier than gym. <laughs> it was really fun. <laughs> hey, some of us didn't find gym easier, right? No, I hated gym, so... <laughs> Library was really cool. It was a, a room probably the size of this one. But uh, I remember people reading the books first then. And um, I think it wasn't until after I watched the first movie that I actually started reading the books, though. Yeah. So, and then I just kept reading them until I think the, only the fourth one had come out since then. And I've been to, like, every single midnight premiere since then. Seriously? Book. Wow. And movie, I think. Every wow. single one? Maybe movies, because I might not have been really allowed. Mm. Maybe not until the fourth or fifth. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure on that one. Okay. So, Bethany, how did you first hear about Harry Potter? Well, you should know. You introduced it to me. Of course. I believe we were at Highline. Um, I remember we were in the student store. They were like... I think they were selling copies of Harry Potter, the first one. And it was like on a TV kind of showing it. At the time, I was very, well, not, I wasn't totally opposed to it, but I was kind of like thought, oh, Christians don't watch Harry Potter, you know, it's witchcraft. And so um, you said that you had seen it and it was really good. And so I'm like, oh, well, this guy's hot and awesome. I better listen to him. That's right. And so I watched it. And loved it. Quickly started reading. I think I saw the first two movies before I started reading the books. And then cruised through the books. Started going. I don't know how many midnight showings I've gone to of the movies. But um, I did go to the book release parties of 6 and 7. Books 6 and 7. And just loved it. Cool. And Jason, how did you hear about Harry Potter? Well, I was working at the theater with uh, my friend Cameron, and I thought, man, this guy's hot and awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Back off! (laughs) That's Um, right. (laughs) Actually, I first first heard about it. Uh, My brother got uh, the first two books for Christmas from my grandparents, and I had absolutely no idea what they were. And My brother reads a lot and reads everything quickly, so he read them and got really into the series way before me. Uh, it wasn't until the third movie was coming out and I was working with uh, a bunch of my managers that were fans of the series and one of my, my general manager who I really liked, uh, he just was like, he was obsessed with it and I was like, oh, there is a man that is older than me that enjoys the series. I guess it might be okay if I read them. Yeah. And so I read them and uh, really just devoured them, read each book very quickly and uh got to uh i think i was right it was right before the 
fifth book came out or right after the fifth book came out. So I got the sixth and the seventh books like day after release and never, uh, I never watched any of the midnight shows cause I worked for all the midnight shows, but well, you uh, saw staff shows probably, right? Actually, no, I actually, no. I, I remember I saw Goblet of Fire on an airplane. That's wow. the only time I've seen that, <laughs> that movie. Is so maybe that's why that's not manager. on my, not, well, I, I was flying home from Germany. I think oh, when I saw yeah. it. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, you were gone. Yeah, yeah. I, I get and deported. Visit. And we saw Goblet of Fire on the airplane. That's when I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, so maybe I should rewatch that one since it was high on everyone's list. I don't know if that's been talked about yet or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I first heard about Harry Potter. Uh, I clearly remember I was driving to work and uh, I had the radio turned to like Como News. And they talk. They were talking about, you know, the Harry Potter movie, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, and how you know big this movie was going to be, and how like you know parents were taking kids out of school to you know stand in line and see the movie, and and I I just didn't even then didn't even understand how big the movie was going to be, and you know I was working at a movie theater and it was busy, just crazy busy. It set an what, opening weekend record with $90 million. $90 million opening day for what year? Not opening day, opening weekend. Oh, sorry. Opening weekend for what year? Uh, it was in 2001, which beat the record held by uh, The Lost World, which was at $72 million. So it kind of broke, broke it by a significant amount, $18 million. Yeah. Only to lose it six months later to Spider-Man. That's crazy. Yeah. It, it's, it's bigger than, it, it was bigger than I remember it. So that's, uh, that's really cool. I... I didn't jump on board at first. Like I didn't see the movie while it was in the theater. I didn't see it until it came out on video. I went to Blockbuster. Anyone remember what Blockbuster was? You go to you go to a store and you rent tapes. Like Netflix. Yeah, you have to like, get tapes? out of your house. You have to get you out have of your house. Leave your house and drive in your car and go to. No wonder what they do you went do with under. Yeah, just, just I don't want to drive anywhere. It's like a grocery store with movies. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so they have Redbox at Fred Meyer. Redbox at Fred Meyer. At Fred Meyer. <laughs> that's that's a grocery store with movies. Uh, so I rented two movies that night. They were both new releases. I rented Vanilla Sky and Harry Potter. I really like um, Vanilla Sky. Vanilla Sky is awesome. I don't like Vanilla Sky. You hate Vanilla Sky. I hate Vanilla I Sky. They came out right around the same time, so I, I got both of them because I heard good things. And uh, I don't remember which movie I saw first, but after I saw Harry Potter, I fell in love with it. And from that point on, I was a fan. I, like I said, working at the theater, I attended uh, a staff showing on, you know, the Thursday before the movie came out. And uh, I believe that was before they were doing midnight releases. And then I moved to Germany when the third movie came out. So it was... I believe I, I went to I a midnight show of Prisoner of Azkaban while you oh. were in Germany. Okay. Yeah, I I, I went so. to a showing there. I went to the movie theater to see it in Germany, but uh, but it wasn't a midnight show. Anyway, so after after the second movie, I think is also when I started reading the books. Like I started, and then I kind of stalled, and then I saw the third movie, and then I really like I don't know. I just really powered through and read. Uh, up till whatever the latest one was, which I believe was five at the time. And then six came out and I read that. 
slowly, but seven came out and I read that one pretty quick. Well, you had to and wait for me to finish it first. Yeah. I stayed up like all night. Oh, that so night. did I. I tried to go to sleep and like put you it couldn't. down and I couldn't fall asleep. I had to pick it up again. It was when I was pregnant with Julie mm-hmm. and I remember it got to the part like, um, oh, the big parts where I cried when Harry goes into the forest. Mm. Oh, and also when Tonks and um, Lupin die, you know, they just had a baby. I'm pregnant. Oh, hormonal, how upsetting. Sobbing. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, One interesting thing about the Harry Potter books, especially, or the Harry Potter movies even, um, in an an age where a lot of our generation was growing up with more technological advances, Mm -hmm. um, it really brought a lot of kids back to books. Most kids Mm -hmm. were starting to get really into AOL and um, text messaging was starting to become a big thing. Yet, everyone started reading Harry Potter and it really encouraged kids it to really read. It really got a lot of kids into reading that weren't really weren't really big readers. Yeah. Bo- like I said, boys were the yeah. first people that I saw reading those books and they were class clowns and troublemakers and they were reading Harry yeah, Potter. It made reading cool again. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. Well, while we're on the topic of the books, what are uh, what are some of your favorites? Like what's your favorite book out of all the Harry Potter books? Shannon. Uh, Number seven is probably my favorite because of the conclusion, answering all the questions. Well, not all of them, but a lot of questions that had been unanswered for a very long time. Um, Like we said, I stayed up all night reading that book. Um, Four probably is my next favorite just because you get to see wizards from different areas of the world. And that was always a big question in my head. What? What are where else are other wizards and that type of yeah. thing? So, cool. those are definitely my favorites. Bethany, what are your what's your favorite book? I'd probably say same as Shannon because, um, I mean, the first one I love in in that it's the first one. You know, it introduces all the characters, and just like I love the first movie, but maybe it's just because I've read it more, you know, I'd have to get to the point where I've read all of the books the same number of times. See, I feel like I've read the but, first couple less than really? the last one. But ones. I just like, sometimes when I'm reading the first one, I just, I feel bored kind of maybe just because I've already read it so many times, but, um, for maybe cause it was longer or it brought in so many new things and, um, that's kind of where the ser- series turns a bit darker. There's the first death. There's the return of Voldemort. It's got a lot going on. It's a great one. And a lot of, of action. Course, yeah, a lot of action. And then also the seventh one, like you said, it wraps it all up. Um, really good end to the series. Cool. Jason? Um, book seven, but that's kind of my easy answer because it's the one I remember the most because I just saw the movie. I think I like. I think I remember liking it best because I read it the fastest. A, and because obviously the conclusion aspect of it, and um, I remember it the best. Yeah, makes sense. I definitely liked the fourth book, Goblet of Fire, the most. For me, just it has the most action, and you know the Triwizard Tournament is really cool and. Uh, you know, Voldemort, yeah, comes back and it's first time someone dies and it's just it's just full of action and, and just really fun. Uh 
and uh, I was kind of sad that they left out the uh, Quidditch stuff in the uh, movie for and Goblet the house of Fire. Helps. Yeah, and all the house health stuff. Winky. <laughs> all right, so before we uh, move on from books to movies, we should all review the latest film, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 2. Uh, Shannon, what did you think of the movie? Uh, first impressions was just complete shock. Merlin's beard. <laughs> Blimey. It was just... Bloody hell. <laughs> you sounded exactly like Ron when you said that. Um, yeah, my, my mouth was open throughout the entire movie. I definitely had to see it a second time to, to be able to comprehend everything. Um, like I said, there were some scenes that were kind of disappointing for me. Um, like the epilogue, um, I would have been pissed without it, but it just didn't seem very realistic, obviously to me. Um, it was supposed to be sentimental when Draco comes out with his facial hair, people just started cracking up Mm. and I thought that kind of ruined the moment for that. And there basically was just nothing there. Like it was just so pointless. Like, I don't know. I, I didn't like the epilogue at all. <laughs> you don't have to be nervous or shy about it. You can like it. I liked it. There you go. Get those squiggles. I up. liked that Albus Potter had Bieber hair. <laughs> that was the first thing I noticed. Albus Potter comes up and like he's got Bieber hair. <laughs> That's the very first thing you notice, of course. Yes, of course. Well, like the epilogue. There's a lot of controversy around the existence of it in the first place. Like even in the books, like. After I saw the movie, I I did a little bit of research and I found a lot of people talking about how much they dislike the fact that J.K. Rowling added a epilogue and just how there's no substance to it at all. There's really, you know, you don't really find out too much about the characters anyway, other than they had kids and stuff like that. So so, it's just catering to the fans, you know, the fans want to see where Harry and the rest ended up and just she does it. I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not, it could easily be lifted out of the book, but I think the main it. point of it was mostly about Hogwarts, maybe just that Hogwarts, continued. Hogwarts was, rebuilt. was rebuilt. It was, people were still going and the legacy of these headmasters went on. And actually with the movie, I think the most upsetting thing for me was watching Hogwarts get absolutely yes. destroyed. It's devastating. I mean, it's I like mean, Hogwarts gone. is such a character itself throughout the books and the movies that my heart broke to watch the walls get torn down and the bridge getting exploded. It was devastating. Yeah, they did an amazing job with the set and and just making Hogwarts look like a totally different place when it's all destroyed. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. it's like a totally foreign place after afterwards. So. so, yeah, it is good to know that it's rebuilt and continuing on and educating a whole new crop of young wizards. I guess so. I just still wish there was more, like, you know, more I mean, she, she's answering all these fan questions now and... And I wish some of those answers were kind of placed in there, like what Harry's doing now, what Neville's doing, you know, who's who's the head of Hogwarts, you know, all, all that type of stuff. I just wish that was kind of all in there already. 
Yeah, they could have taken the bland epilogue from the book and turned it into something much more interesting for the movie. Right. And the run length of the movie wasn't like, it's not like it was a two and a half hour movie like a lot of the other ones. It was a pretty short. It like, could have two been hour longer yeah, without definitely. putting people off by the running time. Mm-hmm. And I, don't, I think if, you know, they just added a little bit of that, you know, questions that were answered later, it wouldn't really upset anyone. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a good point. Any other thoughts about the movie? Neville was so cool. <laughs> badass. He Long was so bottom. badass. I loved him. I love that they that they let him have his moment. Absolutely. Because in the book, to. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. But they had to. But they delayed it a little bit. Like they drew it out a little bit too long for me. It's like, oh, he finds a sword five minutes later. Oh, here's Neville again. Because like in and the books, then, doesn't he? He pulls, he pulls the sword it out, out and, and then cuts off the snake's head, like right away. But in this one, in the movie, he pulls the sword out, and then Voldemort like does a spell, and he gets like thrown back into like all the way to like the Great Hall. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of drawn out. It's kind of dumb, but he gets his moment. He's a badass. He's awesome. The other thing um, I thought was interesting that I had not remembered at all after watching the movie, but a friend brought it up was. Um, the snake in the book was surrounded by that orb, protective yeah, he orb. Him. And she and my friend said she was really excited to see how they were going to portray that on film, and they completely yeah. cut that out. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, like I said, I, I didn't even think about it. It wasn't a huge loss, but it would have been cool to see. Yeah. So, Bethany, overall, what did you think of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part Two? I really liked it. It's by far my favorite David Yates Harry Potter movie, um, meaning from Order of the Phoenix on. Um, I think he really improved. I I mean, I know that you like to think of part one and part two as one movie, but I don't know. Maybe the the whole kind of drawn out long parts of part one where they're just kind of camping that got kind of dull. Maybe that's why I like part two more. It's more action. But then again, I mean, that's true to the book. There there are large spaces of time where they're not doing much. But I really liked it. I thought it was a really good, satisfying conclusion. I got to see it at a midnight show, and the the audience was very into it. I, I think I cheered the loudest when... Molly Weasley kills Bellatrix Lestrange. Maybe that's a mom thing. I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so glad they kept that in the movie. Oh, totally. Molly Weasley and Neville Longbottom, they got their their big parts. Cool. Jason, what did you think of the movie? I really liked it. I don't know. I don't know. Everyone else here had a lot to say about it. (laughs) I I just liked it. I like the uh, statues that came to life and that slowly went raw. I, I love when McGonagall goes, I've always wanted to do that spell. <laughs> I know. You know, it's amazing. I guess she was diagnosed with cancer, right? Really? So she, um, people expected her to drop out mm-hmm. of filming, um, but she said the show must go on. Wow. I think she was going through... Um, some pretty hard stuff while she was filming that. And I think she did an amazing job. Yeah. So, I mean, it wouldn't have been the same without her. She's no, pretty absolutely iconic. absolutely not. Um, so I I liked the movie. It's no, no secret that I dislike the director, David Yates. Um, 
Ever since Order of the Phoenix, I felt he he was a poor choice due to his lack of experience as a as a filmmaker. So with this one, uh, or with all the films, I do believe that he has improved over time. I've enjoyed the movies more. With Deathly Hollows, I wish it was one whole movie. I think I would like it. It would be my second favorite Harry Potter movie if it was one movie together. I know you can't do that because then it would be like a over four hour long movie. It makes sense, and I'm glad. Like I'm half glad they split it up, but I'm also half disappointed. Like I, I want to watch it all in one sitting. When it when the last movie comes out on DVD, I'm going to watch them all in one sitting, or watch watch both movies in one sitting and see see if I really like it even more. Because I did like the second one, but just yeah, kind of what you said, Shannon. The opening is just so quick. It's not only quick, but it starts off <laughs> with really like slow boring scenes with uh uh what's his name snape, Ol- snape? no oh, like, Ollivander, when, the wand maker. when harry oh, yeah those, when the yeah. kids are talking to Ollivander and, and, and um yeah right so yeah. yeah for me that those are that's well, a big that's deal not really explained either in the movies uh, in the books i think it was a lot bigger deal it it basically came down that scene was harry's decision to go after either the deathly mm-hmm. hallows or to continue looking for the horcruxes. And that wasn't really conveyed in the movie. No, it was if kind he of, he just had to books. talk to them and... It wasn't really a decision, it was just sort of a, let's talk to this guy and then let's talk to this guy. Exactly. It wasn't a, by choosing to talk to him first, I'm forfeiting any chance of getting the Elder Wand. Yeah, exactly. And so I think that's why reading the books is so important because you miss so yeah. many things. Mm-hmm. And poor Dobby, I oh. mean, <laughs> poor Dobby. You, his whole storyline throughout all of the movies was probably one of my most missed because, mm-hmm. again, unless you've read the books, that death wasn't as meaningful. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, w- I was me glad. Why it was so meaningful. Well, I was glad I that they didn't completely topic. cut out his storyline. Yeah, even though it has been cut out of other movies like um, Goblet of Fire. Mm-hmm. And, that was um, the most important yes, one, I think. It's just like totally no house elves, but they couldn't really. It wasn't can, possible. They couldn't, they no. couldn't cut out Dobby from the last one, yeah. and so they brought him back. But you're right; it would have been a lot more meaningful and a lot, a lot more emotional if he had been. In those other movies. And just how much you you know that he really helped Harry Mm -hmm. throughout his entire time at Hogwarts. Um, Like you said, with the In Goblet of Fire, with the Triwizard Tournament. And And the um, important thing is, like, he he helped him because he wanted to. It was, was, like, the big thing was he wasn't wasn't his servant. He wasn't magically bound to him. It was his free will to, to help him and... And the whole Spew storyline. Yeah. I love but that. But I mean, that's one of the reasons that I was glad that they brought they um, broke it up into two parts. Because I think a lot would have been lost from the last movie if it had to be just one movie. They would have... I mean, I, I felt like this was one of the best adaptations from the book. Simply because they had more time. I wish all of them kind of were in two parts. Yeah. It's like, let's just make it a 20 part series. (laughs) Would have been way cooler. Yeah. (laughs) 
You girls are nerds. <laughs> I know I'm nerdy. This is probably my biggest nerd thing. Um, That's okay. No, it's cool. It's cool. I, I see like you on MuggleNet.com all the time. She has commissioned me to make her a snitch cake. <laughs> I want. I, I've thrown Harry Potter parties. Um, there are plenty. She's of awesome. Shut nerd, up. Uh, skeletons in my closet. So. Right. I will not judge. I know. I know. So I wanted to mention that one scene that I really loved about the last movie, and that was the reveal of Snape's true intentions. I was going to bring that up. That's my favorite scene of the entire series. It's so, so good, like how they did that. Mm -hmm. It's capturing and it's creative, really original. So so I have to hand it to David Yates for that one. That that was a good call. And uh, Snape has always been my favorite character in the Harry Potter series. He, uh, like for me, the books, the, the whole story is about two people. It's about Harry Potter and it's about Snape. Yes, you don't hear about Snape all the time. And in the movies, like some years, he's pretty much pointless. But he's he's such a vital part of of Harry's existence at Hogwarts. So so I really like Snape. He's my mm. He's my favorite character. Yeah, I think um, there was a poll online, and he actually won favorite character really? was over Snape. Harry Potter. Yes, wow, but, which so is interesting. I he is a complex character. That, and I have to say that I predicted that he yes, was good. You predicted the entire time. I knew. I know. I was He was doing. I wasn't saying he definitely is not good. I was saying I don't buy that. At, at the time before the seventh book had come out, I didn't totally agree that he definitely is good i was like eh, it's a possibility but yeah, yeah i couldn't I choose know. sides after yeah after the sixth book though like it was just i don't know like looking back on it now it's obvious but then yeah i, I wasn't sure but you know he kills dumbledore and i was like you know no way would would that happen just there's there'd be no reason <laughs> i knew i was like and and I will admit you know I'm the fact wrong. that dumbledore like you know, he was, what, what begging? Well, it sounded Severus, like please. he was begging. He just says, like, Severus, please, yeah. But he was he really never... begging for him right. to kill him. Yeah, exactly. Like, you got to kill me in front of all these people yeah. to prove, you know, that that they think you're, no, you're I know. evil. <laughs> See, he's, he's right it. so little Nailed that he it. has to... He has oh. to reiterate every time he's right. That's right. Remember that time yeah. that I totally called it? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever helps your ego. <laughs> So, um, Jason, what did you think of the latest movie? I liked it. <laughs> Very good. Words. Very good. So then, so then I'll go with you first. If you had to put them in order from most favorite to least favorite, what would it be? Deathly Hallows Part 2 is my favorite because I remember it the most. Okay. Um, I think my next favorite was actually uh, your favorite which I'm spoiling now, but I don't think it's really spoiling because <laughs> okay. I think you've said it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Prisoner of Azkaban, just because it's so different than all the other ones. And then if you take every other movie and jumble them up in a bag and pull them out one at a time, that's the rest of the order. Okay. Fair enough. That's fair enough. Bethany? Um, my favorite is definitely Prisoner of Azkaban. And I'd have to say Deathly Hallows. No, no, no. I'd have to say Sorcerer's Stone is my second favorite just mm-hmm. because it was the first and everything's new and they're so little and cute and 
It's not so dark yet. It's more <laughs> carefree. For our UK listeners, we are talking about Philosopher's Stone. Stone. Yes, which yes. Uh, I also don't think that they should have changed when they brought it over uh. here. I think I think she should have kept it. Yeah. Well, I think she wanted to keep it, but they the uh, publisher forced her to uh, change the name. It's kind of good. But dumb. anyway, anyway, sorry, off topic. Those muckety mucks. Yeah, muckety mucks. So yeah, Deathly Hallows Part Two um, would probably be the third, my third favorite. And then, like Jason said, you know, just kind of jumble up the rest. I mean, I could take any With of Order them. of the Phoenix at the bottom. Yes, Order of the Phoenix at the very bottom. <laughs> but yeah, so Prisoner Askban, Sorcerer Sorcerer Stone, Stone Deathly Hallows Part Two, jumble up the rest. I mean, I could turn on any on TV and just watch it from any that's point. true too like even they're very even, watchable even david yates's films like they're mm-hmm. not i don't think they're horrible like there's certainly worse movies than that you can see oh totally but yeah so it when it's with on it, TV, only within the potter when franchise. order of the phoenix is on tv it's my least favorite one i'll still watch it i'll, I'll, I'll still laugh it at some of the horrible dialogue and direction but yeah. i'll still watch it same thing with star wars that we talked about earlier yeah. This, with the prequels, I'll still watch them. I still enjoy, <laughs> and they're always movies. on. You just turn on Spike, they, and yeah, there it is. Yes. Attack of the Clones. <laughs> That's right. Well, and Harry Potter's always time. on ABC Family, like yeah. every Harry other Potter week, weekend, so. <laughs> or otherwise known as weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Any other weekend? Why do they always classify Harry Potter movies with Christmas time too? They, do, they yeah. always oh. have Harry there, Potter marathons. Of- There's snow in Azkaban. The Prisoner of Azkaban. They have yeah, snow. yeah. There's just yeah. snow. And like, no, and it's like they, bring well, they Christmas celebrate Christmas point. in the first two. Yeah, it is. It is really weird. But they like there's they a lot of with, movies that they do. They yeah, classify as Christmas. That's what like, I was about to say. Wizard of Oz. Yeah. How is that Christmas? Sound of Music. Maybe because yeah. it's in Bavaria and we equate you know nutcrackers mm. and stuff with. Christmas. I have no it's, idea. it's because ABC Family has to fill 25 days of programming for their <laughs> True, 25 days True, and they of don't Christmas. have enough Christmas so movies like, to do it. Well, if we put Harry Potter in, we know we'll get at least one and a half million people to watch. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a reason every other weekend is a Harry Potter weekend. They're getting tons. I know. I make fun of, of it, viewers. and yet I still watch it. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Harry Potter weekend. I think I'll watch yeah, it. Yeah, I'll watch this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Shannon, what are your favorite Harry Potter movies? I mean, I want to say Deathly Hallows Part 2 is my favorite just because it's most recent. And I still get chills every time I see a commercial on TV, (laughs) which is sad, but (laughs) no. I mean, I just want to watch it because I haven't seen it. I've only seen it twice. Mm -hmm. Kind of got to get to the quota of how many times you've you've seen the other movies to really... But like I said, I really liked Goblet of Fire. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't don't you guys hate the uh, Half-Blood Prince? I... I don't hate Half Blood Prince. I think maybe because my expectations were so low from Order of the Phoenix that I was like, "Huh, it's pretty good." But going from or- Goblet of Fire to Order of the Phoenix, I was like, "Ugh." Yeah, there's too much. Yeah. And yeah. like I said, I think David Yates improved. Which yeah, he with definitely each did. Movie, so, well, I mean, it is interesting because most of the other franchises all have the same director, right? Um, oh, I, I guess mean, not. Not every single one, but. Yeah, I Star mean, Wars. Like, they all had different directors. Mm-hmm. Star Wars had different directors. Oh, for did the they? Second mm-hmm. one. Yeah, I think Chamber of Secrets is probably at the bottom of my list, just because mm-hmm. it's not my favorite book out of the whole series. Yeah, yeah. but if it's on TV, I'll You'll still watch, watch it. You'll still yeah. Watch it. Yeah. So my order 
would go. Prisoner of Azkaban. Love it. Love Alfonso Cuaron. He's, surprise, surprise. He's, the, he's a genius director in general. So his take on Harry Potter is genius to me. Um, and I love time travel. Yes. So my second favorite Harry Potter film is uh, Sorcerer's Stone slash Philosopher's Stone. Just because it's the original, I guess. It's, it's the first one that set up the whole magical world. And, uh, you know, I think... I think if it was a bad movie, you know, we wouldn't have the great franchise that we do today. So, however, I will say this. If Deathly Hollows was one movie, I think that would be my second favorite over Sorcerer's Stone. I can't say that for sure. I have to wait until I get to actually watch them back to back. So after that, um, if, if, I, if they were split <laughs> up, though, Deathly Hollows 2 would come in third. And then Goblet of Fire, and then Chamber of Secrets, and then Half-Blood Prince, and then Deathly Hollows Part 1, and last, Order of the Phoenix. My least favorite. Alright, so let's talk about the future for the Harry Potter series. Uh, do you guys think there's going to be you know, anything to look forward to? Or, I mean, all the books are done. Right? Pottermore. Pottermore, that's right. I'm so, super stoked about Pottermore. So has any more news about this? Okay, so beta users get to start using it, I think. Mm, let me check. Could someone explain what, what this Pottermore <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. business okay. is? So basically, all of the Harry Potter books are not in ebook form. Um, they haven't released those. And so she is setting up this website that you can download all of the Harry Potter books in ebook form. And in addition to that, she's adding um, extra information. For example, I heard she's going to do um, Professor McGonagall's backstory. Ooh, nice. um, she'll explain more things about wands, um, cool. stuff like that. And then it's also going to be interactive. So when you're reading the first book, you sign in, you get sorted to a house, you um, complete tasks, like go to potions class, and you get to ride the Hogwarts train, and um, you click things, and it'll bring up more stories about certain things. Very cool. So I'm really excited about that, because we're going to learn so much more. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. I totally forgot about that until you just yeah, mentioned screen, it. Yes, so. um, and what are they called? Screen Screenshots. Caps? of um, some of what the pictures on the website are going to look like have been released. It looks you know, okay, but it's still going to be fun. Mm -hmm. And I believe it's free. Well, so if you've already purchased a book, you can keep track of what you've been reading and go through it. That's cool. So. That's, cool. That's definitely a smart thing to do because, yeah, for some reason I was just thinking, oh, there's nothing else, you know, it's It's, it's done. Over. But, you know, they could always remake the films. I've so. never thought about that. That's I interesting. Know. I don't know. if I mean, obviously, I don't like how some of the movies turned out, like Order of the Phoenix. But still, it would have to be a different cast. And that's just, I mean, Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter for so many people. I just don't know if it would be Well, I know, like, they're, they did a remake of Footloose. They're talking about mm -hmm. doing a remake of uh, Dirty Dancing. Yeah. I mean, those are pretty iconic films, too. Yeah, but I you can can't remake see... Star Wars. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I would 
like I put the Harry Potter series kind of in that kind of realm, even though it's nowhere, good, nowhere near as good as Star Wars. But we'll just save that argument for somewhere else. <laughs> well, that but that's a little different too because, like you know, the rights, especially like George Lucas, you know, holds all the rights to the Star Wars. Well, what does and whatnot, so how, do you know what J.K. Rowling's rights holdings are? Uh, I I don't know, but I'm I'm not saying that it that movies can be remade anytime soon. It's probably if if it's ever going to be done, it'll probably be after her death, maybe even after ours. I I don't know, but. You know, I, I like to think of it as look at Lord of the Rings. I feel like that's a series as great as it is. I mean, they're masterpieces, but they could still be remade. Someone could have a totally different take on, on those books. Well, and there's been like the animated series for that too, right? right? right. And then the movies. Right. So yeah, I guess Star Wars is different because it was an original. It wasn't based off of a book. Yeah, True. yeah. But yeah, I mean, so animated series, there could also be like spinoffs, you know, of other characters. Like, I don't know. Like you said, McGonagall's backstory. She could have like a book or a I I do think J.K. Rowling has has a very tight grip on the uh, property of Harry Potter. But Mm -hmm. do you think she's going to George Lucas it out like a lot of the Star Wars novels that are? I don't know. Because I'm sure there's a lot of people that would like to write that would write their own Harry Potter universe fiction. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Pottermore is a great example. I mean, she's going to make a ton of money selling all the books digitally. So that that's more money there. But I mean, you know, eventually you're going to stop making money and you're going to want to make more. So then what's the I. next I.e. turn thing? it to George Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I'm not saying that she's definitely going to be like that, but she said never say never. Yeah. She said she would yeah. maybe possibly be open to writing more. Right. And there's supposedly supposed to be an encyclopedia um, that she was maybe going to release for charity or something like that. Um, so you never know. Never say never. She, it was so much a part of her life. I mean, it took mm-hmm. 10 years for all of this stuff to come out. How much longer was she really writing and trying to get the book published in the first place? And I, I, I believe she has just pages and pages and pages of backstories and mm-hmm. other ideas and... And I mean, there's just so many, I mean, because it's a whole different world that she created. There's so many different ways you could go. Like the the library books that she wrote and released for charity, the Hogwarts textbooks. Yep. That's an, I mean, that was just a whole nother way to to write it. And Tales of Beetle Bard. And I'd like to see her do more of those type of things, you know, textbooks or other characters, backstories. Do you think she should ever leave the Harry Potter franchise and move on to like a whole brand new story? She is writing. Yeah. Is she? I, she is. Okay. But it just, I I, I'm glad to hear that idea. she's not totally closing the door on Harry Potter and saying, I'll never write about right. Harry Potter again. Yeah. Because, okay. I mean, it made her, you know? It made her She career. should just stick with what she does. Stay, <laughs> stay her lane. Uh, write I mean, her I'd Harry like, Potter. I'd like to see her do something else, but I probably wouldn't have high expectations. I do high, want to see what she can do. I mean, I don't expect her to write another Harry Potter type or Harry Potter level. IGN had a feature on their website recently that was uh, like five Potter-based video games that they would like to see. And uh, I really liked one of the ideas, which was um, a kind of like rock star bully type um game which is harry potter themed where you start as your i mean completely separate story just you know 
using all the universe of um, Hogwarts and all that area wizardry and stuff Mm -hmm. and you just start as a first year and you get sorted into a house and you get to do all these missions based on which you know house you're in and which wizard you are and all that kind of stuff and i thought that would be a very cool game to play yeah so like kind of like a like a sandbox free roaming harry potter game yes but has has harry potter in the title but harry potter is not in the game whatsoever kind of like star wars knights of the old republic where it didn't have it was in the universe but has nothing to do with the characters that you already know aside from some of the professors that'd be cool which video game uh we we bought a harry potter game which was it order of the phoenix it was order of the phoenix so yeah that video game was actually really cool um because it was kind of open world sandbox you could like run all over hogwarts like wherever you wanted but the the crabby thing about it is you were just doing like simple little spells to unlock new areas or whatever do do certain just really dumb things and you would fight every once in a while but like if yeah if they upped the action that would be really cool that would up the action and give you a completely new story that's you know yeah if some if they get a good writing team to write a good story for it sure obviously i'm sure jk rowling would have to sign off on everything Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, I would play that. So what other series are you looking forward to? Like what what do you think is going to be the next Harry Potter or or like there's Twilight that's out right now or that's coming out the the last book is being split into two movies so the first part comes out very soon here. That is just I mean, I don't know, just as big but it, it's big. It, it's making a lot of money. Yeah. But the movies are awful. <laughs> they're yeah, not I that think great. we can all That's agree true. they're not going to win any right, Oscars. Right. Which is funny because earlier when you were talking about um, Sorcerer's Stone, you said if the movie's not good, people aren't going to come to the other ones. Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's no, there's no bare-chested, <laughs> sparkly men in Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that, to my, everyone's sadness. Yeah, that's a good point. But that draws in a lot of girls. <laughs> at the same time, like a lot of people liked the first one. As a movie, just a movie. Okay, so maybe mm. I have to think I about think, this. I've never yeah. thought about it. So, yes. like, I foiled Harry you. Potter doesn't. <laughs> I haven't have... thought about it this way. Let's see. So it's already got such a strong fan base uh-huh. as books. So people are just going to love this movie, no matter how good or bad. Unless it's really bad. Like it's not terrible. I don't think it's the worst it's movie not ever Golden made Compass. or anything like that. <laughs> I never saw the Golden Compass. So that was sure. supposed to be the next Narnia, which also didn't d- turn out all that. I mean, very mediocre. Sure. So, well, I think the thing about Twilight is it's it's appropriate for you know preteens and young teens, but it's got sex appeal. And Harry Potter doesn't have sex appeal. It's more kiddie, and there's lots of there's lots of kiddie movies, but Twilight's going to bring in the girls no matter how bad it is. Whatever. Harry Potter taking that bath in Goblet oh, of totally. Fire. Okay, and did the people in your theater start woohooing um, in Deathly Hallows whenever when the trio comes out of the lake and starts stripping down? No, we had a lot of woohooers. <laughs> My midnight jump off premiere the was very serious. People really, ours was fun. Oh, was- IMAX 3D. Like those yeah. people were serious for at midnight. Pacific Science Center. <laughs> at Pacific, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, well, I went to the the girls Super that Mall, I so. went with were there at eleven thirty a.m. Wow, waiting wow. in line. They were the second people. But still, in line. you'd think That's they'd ridiculous. be excited to. <laughs> yes, yeah. The people in my theater were like, 
I mean, because it was unexpected. It's not part of the book. They just, they jump out of the lake and they start taking off shirts and stuff. And people were like, <gasps> ooh. <laughs> like, I, I don't like, think oh. Ron has ever been shirtless in the whole movie series. So that was kind of for Ron fans. <laughs> Love Ron. <laughs> fans of the ginger. <laughs> yes, ginger fans. They're um, like, woo, pale skin. <laughs> so speaking of, of the screening you went to shannon yeah you got interviewed so by hell yeah who, who was it that you got interviewed by seattle times mm-hmm. for a online video so it wasn't in the paper or anything still like that still. but i could still post it on facebook that's i will is it still online oh Have yeah I, i'm pretty sure i will put a link on the podcast yes. so that people can watch shannon's interview for Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows Part 2. I was the, half uh, asleep Pacific for it, so it's not my no, best work. You were great. It was good. And take but... note of her awesome costume that they didn't even ask her about, but it is the best Harry I Potter costume I've ever seen. The Horcruxes. All of them. All, all seven. Yeah, as one person. This is very cool. So any... I'm trying to hint that, like, what do you think is going to be the next... Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Hunger Games. Very Games, good. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping, well, before the movie came out, I was hoping Percy Jackson would be the next Potter series, but I think they just, they screwed it. The movie was bad. I love the books. The movie was bad. I don't think it can be redeemed unless it's remade. I don't but think also, it's going to go any farther. Also, the book fan base is not strong enough. True. I just, I mean, I loved the book so much, I really hoped that it would grow to be potter-esque but it's just not gonna make it but i think hunger games definitely has the potential mm-hmm. hunger games is gonna be amazing i think <laughs> it definitely I has hope a lot. So. it has the random 13 year old girl who came into the theater and saw the poster and then jumped and squealed and grabbed her mom <laughs> <laughs> nice awesome <laughs> uh, yeah that that's i i've started to read the first book i'm about six chapters in and um, you've been at it for about six weeks probably I, I haven't uh-huh. read it in the last two weeks because I've been busy with something else that I'll share with everyone later. But uh, it's uh, really entertaining so far. I'm mm-hmm. really into it. So I'm, I'm going to finish it. Um, and hopefully I'll get to read the other two because uh, they're, they're really well written and they're, they're fun. But Hunger Games, I mean, the, the storyline is definitely a more mature storyline. Yeah, I, think. I don't think it's going to... It takes an older viewer, not necessarily like adult, but... I mean, I've talked to some 10-year-olds who have read them. Yeah, me too. And I was pretty shocked. I don't think it, you know, for me at 10, I would have been able to handle that. But Yeah, I definitely... Well... Kids for, are crazy these days. Seriously. Yeah. And and the Harry Potter movie started out, what, PG? Uh-huh. And then worked their way up to PG-13. Mm-hmm. There's no way Hunger Games can be PG. No. especially the wasn't R. Especially the third book is... Yeah, probably going to be pushing R if they stay true to the book. I almost feel like it would be way better if they were R. Yeah, because it's very, I don't Not know, it's happen. very graphic, very violent. I mean, the whole premise is children killing each other in yeah. very brutal ways. Studios like money too much to make it rated R. Yeah, yeah that's true. Do you think the Hunger Games series will be bigger than Twilight? No. I don't know. I don't think so. No. Well, I think it still it'll be close, has that love interest type thing yeah. going on. But I mean, vamp- the, just the whole idea of vampires. I don't know. People 
people really latch on to. I know why. I, I do it. Probably because it's supernatural. <laughs> I mean, Hunger Games, I don't know. It could happen. It's w- within the realm of possibility. But vampires are more supernatural. Couldn't really happen, but oh, isn't he dreamy and romantic and live forever kind of thing. Hmm. All right. Well, uh, sounds like we're all looking forward to the movies coming out, though. So, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, well, I think that's going to wrap up the Harry Potter topic today. I mean, we could really go on forever about it. It's such a, a huge world. Hopefully, you know, one day we'll be able to bring it back up. Let's move on to reviews. Reviews. All right, so I will start us off. And the first movie I'm going to talk about is called Uncle Boon Me, Who Can Recall His Past Lives. And uh, if Andrew were on the show, he would be laughing right now. <laughs> <laughs> this movie won the Palme d'Or at uh, the Cannes Film Festival last year, 2010. It is a Thai film that has a theme, like Buddhist themes. It, it's got like interesting takes on reincarnation and uh wow what else this movie is just honestly it's probably too deep for its own good and it's also very slow moving there's uh, a lot of really great cinematography like uh, the uh, director uses a lot of stationary camera and so it just lets the actors and the scene speak for themselves but uh it's maybe a little bit too artsy there's definitely some really good aspects to it, and it's a movie that sticks with you. But did it deserve to win, you know, best movie at Cannes? I don't, I don't think so. I, I think there was probably there there were some other other things that I I would have voted for. But uh, Tim Burton was on the uh, judges panel that year, and he likes he likes weird and obscure stuff. So he is weird. and obscure. <laughs> so, uh, uncle boon me is definitely a weird and obscure movie. It's on Netflix. Watch instantly right now. So if, if you want to give it a shot, go ahead. I almost honestly almost turned it off within the first five minutes. I was pretty bored and then it little by little, it got a little more interesting, but, uh, it doesn't, it, it's very slow, very slow movie. If you liked, or if you like, artsy films like really artsy like stationary camera films you might enjoy this one if not uh, i would probably recommend to just skip it all right so the next thing i'm going to talk about is a video game that i've been playing a lot lately and my wife can can uh, be the witness <laughs> can give testimony okay, I to that watching you play it <laughs> it's the video game la noir and it came out actually a little while ago, um, so it's not brand new. But uh, I just started playing it about, what, like three weeks ago? Maybe a month ago? And uh, I like it a lot. It's probably not as fun as Grand Theft Auto. And I didn't play Red Dead Redemption. I didn't play it either. So I can't compare it to that. But definitely not as good as Grand Theft Auto, but it's still really fun. For those of you who don't know, L.A. Noir is a video game where uh, you're, you play a detective who's played by 
I don't know his real name. Aaron Staten. Aaron Staten. Staten or Staten. Yeah. Ken Cosgrove uh, from Mad Men. It's Ken Cosgrove (laughs) from Mad Men. (laughs) Cosgrove. There's a lot of other Mad Men actors that make cameos. Tons. Like almost every single one. Almost every single one. Except for like the big stars probably. Like John Hamm and... And What's I don't think face? January Jones is in it. Yeah. Oh, sad. I don't think Sal was in L.A. Noir, and I like him. Yeah. Well, he hasn't been on the show. Well, I know, sadly. Yeah. He was one of my I favorite know. characters. He's an interesting character. They should definitely revisit him. Um, but anyway, it's, uh, it's a motion capture uh, video game. So, like, all the cutscenes were done with uh, real actors playing their parts, you know, on the green screen and, and wearing suits and, you know, ping pong balls and little dots on their face to capture all their movements and their face facial movements and translated and animated into into the cutscenes. it's really it, it looks really good um there's still something a little off about it it, it looks better than the grand theft auto cutscenes, but it doesn't look as good as say like a motion capture movie like you know, Polar Express or a Christmas Carol, something like that. Well, it wasn't just a typical motion capture. I mean, they really focused on the facial aspect of motion capture, mm-hmm. which is something that they hadn't really done in anything else. And like a lot of the bodies were mediocre, but like the faces looked fantastic. Yeah, they do look pretty good. There's, I, I still want to say there's something a little off. Like, I don't know if it's the eyes or what. Sometimes but... the eyes were looking in. A, I mean, that's not, not something you can easily capture. Mm-hmm. I don't think they put little stickers on their eyeballs. Yeah. But yeah. like all the just like their the besides their eyes, I think like a lot of their face facial mus- muscles, if I could talk, <laughs> facial muscles um, all moved in like very natural looking ways. Yeah. I really enjoyed the. Uh, facial expressions and even though i was terrible at it the way when you're interrogating someone like just reading their face of Mm -hmm. how they're reacting yeah yeah it's a cool game i don't think i finished it It, it's a detective video game so you there's action so you're driving around you're running you're chasing people in 1940s la yeah it takes place in the 1940s in la um, which, and I heard the map, the roads are very, like they're laid out almost similar they to... They got satellite images from the 1940s LA to get a very um, good reenactment. Like I saw a video, they had some pictures from like actual 1940s LA and showed the game reenactment and how close it was modeled. Yeah, so it's it's a pretty fun game. Like I said, not as good as Grand Theft Auto, but it's made by the same people, uh, Rockstar. So uh, I, I recommend checking it out and, and fooling around with it. It's like a combination of Mad Men with detective mystery mixed with Grand Theft Auto. That's basically what it is. So fun game. It's a little repetitive. Some of the missions get a little bit repetitive, mm-hmm. like especially all the uh, street missions. It's just like one of three things. Yeah. Shoot a guy, chase, chase a guy, on. car chase. Right. And that's it. Yeah. But it is a fun game. I really enjoyed it also. Cool. All right. Uh, so now it's time for Obscure Anime Time. Obscure Anime Time. So today on Obscure Anime Time, I'm going to talk about an anime called Mayo Chiki. And uh, I- I'm not going to talk about why it's called that. Anyway. It doesn't so involve it's a- mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Not at all. And a cheeky monkey. I wish. That would be a good anime. (laughs) (laughs) 
This is a brand new anime series that's currently airing over in Japan. It's currently、uh, four episodes in, I think, as of right now. I think the fifth I think one. We just watched the fifth. Oh, okay. So、I、the sixth so. one comes out like, this weekend. Anyway, here's the synopsis it's about a boy who has what it's called gynophobia. <laughs> He is afraid of women. <laughs> He is afraid of women. All of women or just specific parts? He gets、no. nosebleeds when they touch him or get close to him. Yeah. 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 Like, so anytime, like, you know, even for like a simple hug, like he,、yeah. he'll, he'll start getting nosebleeds. And it's all because his mom is a professional wrestler and his sister kind of wants to be like, like, looks up to their mom. And so she, like, they both in the mornings. He's, he's their punching bag. Yeah, yeah. They'll, like, go into his room and then just start Beat beating him up. Him. And it's like his defense mechanism. He, like, just starts getting a nosebleed and they stop hurting him because he's a So if he gets an、right? automatic nosebleed, they'll stop sooner. <laughs> so it's like he developed his own little, like,、defense、reaction、mechanism. yeah to, to women. And so. So, you know, he goes to school and obviously you're going to interact with girls. And it's so funny just the situations that he gets himself in. It's even if he starts thinking about girls in a suggestive <laughs> way,、yeah. his nose starts splitting. So it's sort of a giveaway. It's, it's really funny. And, and so it's not just about him, but there, what makes it also interesting is there's this、um, character who you're introduced to that's like a butler. For well, her whole family has been butler for this rich family for generations, and she's, she doesn't have any brothers, and well, she wants to be a、away. butler. <laughs> okay, well, you're starting to. I've been watching it too. I know, I know. So she wants to be a butler, and the, the father of this rich family says, you know, if you, can, if you can go to high school for four years and pretend you're a boy and not let anybody find out, you can be a butler. And so. And so one day he has to go potty <laughs> and, and he and walks into the boys' room and he opens a stall and there's the butler, pants down and panties around her ankles <laughs> and he trips and falls. Does he trip and fall or、that's, does he just s e e That's a little later. He trips、oh, okay. and falls and <laughs> grabs and falls. her chest. <laughs> and of and course, of course nosebleeds, nosebleeds all over the place. <laughs> Doesn't she know how to lock the stall? <laughs> If you you're going to be a girl in a boys' restroom stall, have gotten that. you're going to like, check that like five times before you <laughs> <But> leave. <laughs> that would not work in the story, Jason. <laughs> But so, you know, it's all about him, know, Japan, him covering、Japanese、up. Stalls don't have locks. Yeah, probably not. No, I don't know. So it's all about him befriending the, the butler, girl, boy, agreeing to keep her secret. Pretending she's and,、um, a boy so that he doesn't、yes. have to get nosebleeds. And in return, she is kind of helping cure him of his gynophobia. Yeah. And if he like, ever does tell anyone, like her what, mistress, the, like her, whoever the she works for, is going to basically you know, torture him and beat him up and make him have nosebleeds forever. <laughs> Sounds like a good show、so、you want to watch, right, Shannon? It's a lot of gender confusion. It's so bizarre. It's very bizarre. The first time I saw it, I was like, oh my goodness, this is a very strange show. If you keep listening to Cam Foo and Friends, you will find that anime is very, very bizarre. It c a n d be. It's very interesting how different you know, Japanese television programming is just from how dumbed down a lot of、uh, American network television is. Yeah.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
<laughs> like it's just so uninteresting shows get put on American TV. Right. Like Hater. Oh, I know. Have you heard about that show? I don't no, know. what is that? It's probably one of Shannon's favorites. <laughs> well, it's not it's, it's not even on yet. It's I think it's debuting oh, in this oh. fall. But it's where um Snooky gets to find people online who are talking trash about her and go to their house and confront them. You lost Shannon's me as like, soon as I said you Shannon's said like, Snooki. I'm watching this. Um, I watched the season premiere of Jersey Shore, actually. <laughs> Do you want to see Snooky's retribution for the people that talk trash about her online and they can find they can learn how much uh, charity work she does and that she's actually a good person? <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be this is going to be a just, show. Just admit it. It's okay. Oh, On the it CW. sounds like a train wreck, but yes. one that I might want to watch. <laughs> I <laughs> nice. mean, I it will sounds at least like the worst programming. Watch one episode. <laughs> like I've watched some Jersey Shore, and I can understand the entertainment value of that. I have absolutely like no desire whatsoever to see these celebrities just for being wanting to be like wanting attention. Wanting to uh, get back at people. I who mean, talk the trash thing is, the is I hate it so much, yet I can't stop. <laughs> I'm sure I it's going to be every like single one of, the one of them. Shows. Hate them, yet it's still entertaining. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't. I can't watch any of those shows. I can't do it. Sidetrack right. done. <laughs> That's enough for obscure anime time. I will move on to a normal review, and this will be my uh, my last one. Uh, last weekend, actually opening day, I saw The Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Ooh, I want to see that one. It's, uh, so it, it's pretty good. I was expecting, just from the trailers and the commercials, I, was, I thought it looked so bad. Like, really, really dumb. I've never been a big fan of Planet of the Apes. Like, I've seen the original. I've seen um, the uh, remake by Tim Burton. I haven't seen any of the uh, sequels to the original. So, yeah, I I have little invested into the series. But I saw the good reviews, and I had nothing else to do, so I went to watch it, and I liked it. it. It's not great. It's not fantastic. It's not the best summer movie of the year, but it's still really good. Andy Serkis is amazing. He does uh, all the motion capture work for the uh, apes um, for Caesar. Um, there's a, one other guy who does some some of the motion capture work too. So it's not just Andy Serkis, but he does he does most of it. And uh, if you're not familiar with him, he played Gollum in Lord of the Rings, and he also played I guess his name is Kong in King Kong. <laughs> but he's been in other things too. Like uh, he was in The Prestige. Uh, he got to play. Mr. Alley. Mr. Alley, who With was Mr. Alley's cat, was the servant for uh, Nicholas Tesla. Tesla. Nikola Tesla. That's right. Whatever. Tesla. Anyway, a great actor who has a, a wonderful future, and he he definitely deserves more praise. The uh, movie explores some father son relationship. I wish they would have gone and in, gotten into it more. But uh, between James Franco and, and John Lithgow, there's a, a great little relationship there that I was really captured by. The CGI work. Now, here's the thing. I read a lot of reviews that said that the CGI was amazing. Like, they ended up liking it. And these are people who like kind of agreed with me that in the trailer, it didn't look very good. And so when they wrote their reviews, they, they loved it. 
and they loved the special effects. For me, it still doesn't work. I think it looked bad. It was basically, you know, CG characters on live action, like running across the Golden Gate Bridge. It was, it was, you know, like like Alvin and the Chipmunks, or but better because they're monkeys. I don't know. I mean, even so, oh. it would be better if they still, I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I'm going to get a lot of flack for saying this, but uh, even uh, the Smurfs. <laughs> I still think uh. the special effects weren't as good. <laughs> I'm being serious here. <laughs> They're just, I, I really don't see what all the hype is. And I, I've said this in two places, but in five, maybe 10 years, critics are going to look back on this movie and, and it's going to look terrible. And they're going to regret saying that it has good CGI. And here's the thing. If you remember the Marky Mark version, the Tim Burton directed version tim roth's character uh they didn't use cgi they used uh makeup and prosthetics and all that stuff and his character looks amazing amazing i don't know if you guys remember anyone no i don't remember Did not see it. Go look up pictures. it i don't remember i might even post a picture of him at the bottom of this podcast article <laughs> but Scroll uh down. go look at pictures of him he looks great i don't know what was wrong with that i'm not saying that they should have gone that route again the full makeup, but at least maybe a combination of the two. Anyway, here's my question: mm-hmm. How is Draco Malfoy, aka <laughs> Oh my gosh, was it Tom Felton? <laughs> Tom Felton. Yes. I Tom mean, Felton. it's delightfully his first post evil as always. <laughs> Harry Potter film, and is it? that I, I believe, I think so. I at think least so. his biggest post Harry Potter film. Yeah, it's the first thing. Yeah, it's the first thing I've seen him in since Harry. Was he Potter, even so. in it very much? Uh, he is in it very much. His character is basically like a, a villain. Mm-hmm. So he's basically Draco he's a Malfoy. Good villain. Okay, but instead of teasing Harry Potter, he teases monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Did you like him or? Um, there wasn't anything new Special. or different yeah. about it. I couldn't tell if he was doing an accent or if he was hiding it. Like maybe his accent's so bad that you can't. Like it's right in between. You can't mm-hmm. tell. Um, but uh, like Robert Pattinson's wonderful American accent, yeah, that he slips out of sometimes. Yeah. So he's still good at playing a brat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was the only thing I was interested in <laughs> with that movie. Well, Drawing it back thanks. to Harry Potter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Um, so I saw a ton of other movies since the last episode, and so you can read more of my movie reviews on my website at www.cam. Dashfoo.com. And uh, I review everything that I see. So there's other stuff like Horrible Bosses, uh, Winnie the Pooh, Transformers. You can see all those on there. But let's move on now. So, Jason, you are next. Okay. See, first thing I'm going to talk about is a movie I saw actually with Cameron for a guy's night out. It was uh, Cowboys. It wasn't just you and me. No. No, not, (laughs) not a mandate. Yeah. Well, it was but man. That would have been okay. It was man's date. I'm okay there was with like that. nine of us. <laughs> right. Cowboys and Aliens. Uh, one of the movies we discussed on our superhero segment. Or no. Was it superhero segment? It was like comic book. Comic book movie and movie, movies we were looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was one of those movies I was looking forward to just because it was one of the most original sounding. Like everything else was sequels. And this one was an original movie that I thought had a very what could be a very interesting premise. Uh, and it started off that way with uh, Daniel Craig Lant, like just waking up in the middle of the desert and he doesn't know what's going on. He's got a weird 
stab wound in his belly and a weird wrist on or bracelet on his wrist. And, uh, like he goes into town and it kind of gets into the first alien action scene that you see where the alien ships like buzz over the town. And then from that point on, it got really bad. <laughs> like there was just not any, like the, the aliens weren't very interesting. The story just went nowhere. Like the, uh, Harrison Ford plays the, uh, tough guy in the town and Daniel Craig's character ends up like owing him money or something. He's robbed him or something like that. And they just decide to team up and we're going to fight these aliens. And it was really not interesting. The whole, like they had some cool action where some aliens were fighting guys on horses and stuff, but it Do you just, see the actual aliens or is it all oh, they, aliens they in show, a ship? They show the actual How aliens, do the aliens quite look? a lot. Are they, are they good um, or are they... They're kind okay. of silly. They're aliens. I don't know. They, Typical. What did you think of the aliens? Of aliens movies. They looked. I would say they looked pretty good. The most interesting aspect, and they don't really, they don't really explain. Or oh, the go mini into alien inside. Yeah, sort of the mini. Alien. I don't know. I think it was still part of him, but like they have like smaller hands inside their bodies. Small so, like, hands. Their chest think cavity like, opens up, and then like this yeah. little mini alien hand comes out. <laughs> so think like the uh, the alien in. The an movie alien? alien, yeah, in Ridley Scott's Only Alien. An alien where, coming out of another alien like, instead of coming out of a person. Well, no, like the mouth comes out of the alien's yeah. mouth in Alien. For this one, its hands come out of the alien's body, like an extra pair of hands. It's oh, that's just gross. That's kind of unique about it, but they don't really like. The, use I mean, they it looked fine. Advantage. They weren't. There was. A, I didn't have a problem with the aliens. I mean, they showed them really early in the movie, and it wasn't like a hidden secret throughout the movie. It wasn't like Super Eight. You know, where that's it was, true. Where it was a, a hidden thing, they weren't really nervous yeah. about that. Yeah. Granted, they did, you didn't see any of it in the marketing and stuff, but yeah, that's why I was asking. Cause it wasn't the, supposed to be a secret about it. Previews and stuff. It's all the humans and then alien ships. You don't yeah. really see what the aliens themselves look like. But they just forgot to make it interesting. I mm-hmm. like by the time the movie got over, I didn't really care. You know, if the aliens got killed. Yeah, sounds like I liked the movie a little more than you. Yeah, I've actually never been a big fan of John Favreau as a director. As an actor, sure. But uh, as a director... Swingers is amazing. Yes, obviously. <laughs> but as a director, you know, I, the Iron Man movies are, are good fun and all, but there hasn't been anything too original in him for me. So this one, to me, I feel like has a lot of energy. I think it like the pacing was really good. And... Maybe it's just because he decided to take this project on. Like, I think that was a very gutsy move. Yeah. I think he could have gone with so many other things. Like, he was in talks to be to do, like, a couple other superhero movies because of all the success with Iron Man. And for him to take Cowboys and Aliens, it's like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, I, I will say that I definitely felt it lagging towards the end the action to me like that you were describing with all the aliens fighting the cowboys and the indians like it was just kind of a mess like you couldn't really tell what was going on Mm -hmm. and also it wasn't very consistent like you know a cowboy would like 
freaking unload his revolver on an alien and alien wouldn't do a thing and then an indian would like throw a spear in like the alien's head and and then it was like instant death yeah at one point like well indians have mystical powers (laughs) well at one point like they it looked like they were like oh this is what the alien's weakness is but they didn't really show what that was all of a sudden they were just like oh yes we can actually kill them we're gonna keep doing the same thing we've been doing for 10 minutes unsuccessfully but now it's successful that's right yeah and like all the action was going on for so long that I was like, aren't they all dead by now? <laughs> like, how many Indians the aliens are there? Totally were like slaughtering them, and I don't know. I don't know how it. Weren't they just changed. talking about how they only had eight people? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Daniel Craig's accent. Oh uh, yeah, Daniel Craig's a- accent was awful. <laughs> it was so bad. <laughs> American Western is not something that he should ever do again. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't. Stick to James Bond. It wasn't good. Stick with Bond. Bond's awesome. Be British. Yeah. Give up. <laughs> give up American accents. <laughs> Cool. We've accepted that we can't do British accents. He needs to accept that he can't do American. <laughs> <laughs> He's no Hugh Laurie. No. So what uh, What else? So uh, next I'm going to talk about um, a new show that is on uh, USA. It's been on for about two months or so. I think there's six to eight episodes. It's called Suits. It's mm-hmm. uh, very typical of uh, a USA show. <laughs> Uh, characters are welcome there, yeah. and so it's about a couple of characters, and it's it's nothing like really fresh or new, but it's got an interesting wrinkle to it. So the main premise of it is that there are two guys. One guy is named Harvey, and he's this hotshot lawyer who is professionally handsome. Borrowed quote from another podcast that I enjoyed, uh, <laughs> and he is trying to interview a bunch of um, Harvard graduates for the new associate at his big hotshot law firm. And there's this other guy named Mike who is a genius that has never applied himself to anything, which I'm sure everybody's seen in a million other shows and movies. So like he's got a photographic memory. So anytime you read something, he can spew it all back. And he is a stoner and he has been taking tests for people for money so when people want to cheat on the bar exam he'll take the he'll take the bar exam for you for a thousand dollars he'll take the lsat and all these things so he has all this base of crazy amounts of knowledge and his best friend's a drug dealer and there's this drug deal that he's doing for him that goes awry and dudes with guns chase him and he happens to run into the room where he's the harvey is interviewing a bunch of potential lawyers and goes into the room and just sits down to try to not get shot and uh, somehow like just the way how smart he is is able to convince Harvey that hey I'm going to let this kid be a lawyer even though he's not a law student at all and so it's basically about the two of them and all the lawyer lawyery stuff that goes on between them and the lie that they're telling where he's pretending to have gone to Harvard Law and yeah Uh, it's got a lot of inconsistencies to it like sometimes uh mike's character is like he'll have a little flash of his super brain but then sometimes he's just really dumb and you don't quite get it but the entire time it's interesting enough Hmm. uh the acting is pretty good in it uh some of the writing is what's inconsistent about it but like some of the other shows that i have been watching recently like i'm not as excited to watch them and then i'm like oh suits is on and I'll watch that. That's like to the top of my DVR at the moment. Cool. How far along is it? It's, I think it's on the uh, six episodes. I remember because I still have all six saved on my DVR. I see. So we just finished the six. I think it's probably like a 12 episode summer show. 
Okay. Hopefully it comes back. I like it. Cool. Cool. Um, that's all I had to review. All right. Thank you. Shannon, it's your turn. All right. Something I've been really excited about, which may be kind of late in the game, but um, I just downloaded Foster the People's album, Torches. Anyone? No. I have no, no? idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sounds fantastic. Well, they've been doing really well lately. They're climbing the charts. Um, it's basically like, I guess iTunes describes it as indie electro pop rock. Wow. Um, their biggest song, Pumped Up Kicks, is their, that's their biggest single. And basically, it's just a really good album. It came out, I think, only a couple months ago. It's their first album. I think they're from California. The guy kind of sounds like uh, the lead singer from Vampire Weekend, almost. Mm-hmm. It's just really good. I've listened to it in my car probably psh, 20 times because <laughs> there's only you know, 12, 13 songs on the album. Yeah. So on repeat, it's just really good. Are there what other music artists are they like? Like this, their sound. I felt like they are kind of like Vampire Weekend, not okay. as happy almost. Um, some of their beats kind of reminds me of Ratatat. Yes, almost. Okay, I like my yep. Ratatat. So. Yep, and um, a little bit like Phoenix too. Cool. So. I'm the old man that listens to sports radio and I have no idea about any of these <laughs> you bands you're talking about. I know. Bands like I this, used to so. love bands and now I love sports radio. <laughs> well, their album is probably in the top 10 of iTunes or something like that. So I'm going to have to check them out. I, I've heard from friends. They performed at, I think, Coachella and some other music festivals and they're apparently amazing live. Cool. So it's really good. All right. Cool. What else? Uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about was Crazy Stupid Love. You saw that, right? I did see it. Yeah, I loved it. I heard really good reviews before going into it, so I feel like I may have been a little biased. But um, basically, it stars, it has a huge cast um, Steve Carell, Julianne Moore, Ryan Gosling. Kevin Bacon, Emma Stone, Marissa Tomei, and then a, a few people that I've never really seen before. Um, Josh Groban made an appearance, mm. which was interesting. Did he sing? He didn't, but he kind of acted like a jerk in the movie. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. Wait, um, who, who was he? He was Emma Stone's boyfriend, oh, okay. the I, lawyer guy. I knew he looked familiar, but I didn't know who he was. I just thought it was so random, yeah. (laughs) But basically, so Steve Carell and Julianne Moore are married. He finds out that Julianne Moore's character cheated on him. So they get separated, divorced kind of thing. And Ryan Gosling basically finds Steve Carell in a bar and realizes he's so pathetic that he has to help him up up his game, try to win over the ladies, and so that's uh, any movie with a makeover. I'm pretty much good with. <laughs> they didn't have the makeover montage though. No, oh. A little, a little a bit. Little, it a wasn't, little bit. There was a, there wasn't like seven different outfits all in a row no. with cheesy music. <laughs> would that have made the movie for you? If that <laughs> that would have been awesome. No, it probably would have made it worse. It, it was a fantastic movie. Yeah, I, I, I mean, have changed it. the thing that stuck out the most for me was that the entire movie I felt. I was laughing pretty much the whole time, yet I want to cry. 
at the same time. Hmm. Mm. I'm, it was, it was about a divorce. It's sad. And, um, I think the whole movie is basically about falling for people who you can't really have. Mm. So it was semi depressing, but at the same time, the humor was so good. Um, a lot of the smaller characters, I think, really stuck out. For example, the kid who plays Steve Carell's son. I thought, I, I, yeah, I he like, was really good. Yeah, kid actors who act like adults, I think, <laughs> is just funny. So he was really good. I don't know if anyone watches America's Next Top Model in this room. On occasion, I have. Yeah, there was one girl who was from one of those seasons. Uh-huh. Um, the, the babysitter. The babysitter. And she's really, really tall and skinny. I figured that's who you were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and she was surprisingly funny, I thought. Yeah, she was good. And Steve Carell's um, real wife was in it. She she was pretty good. She was the the girl's, the babysitter's mom. Oh, okay. You know, there's just, I don't think anyone really, there are a lot of scene stealers almost, but it was, you know, an ensemble cast, but I don't know. I really liked it. Yeah. It was one of my favorite romantic comedies of all time. Like it, it's probably still right behind Love Actually as my favorite. Hmm. I uh, Adam Quigley on Twitter, he's on the Slash Filmcast. He put, uh, I believe he said, "Crazy Stupid Love" is this year's Five Hundred Days of Summer. And I don't know. I don't think he meant it as in a, like they're alike, but that you know, as a yeah. romantic comedy, an original one. It's, it's, it's realistic. It's not cheesy romantic comedy. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of based in real relationships. Yeah. But it's interesting that you said like there's a kid who acts like an adult and then mm-hmm. in 500 Days yeah, of Summer, exactly. his sister. Oh, yeah. The little sister. Very, yeah, she was hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's very um, The up. only thing that bugged me was Ryan Gosling at the beginning. He, for some reason, I, his accent or something just kind of bothered me about him where he seemed like he was some Jersey kid who was really, you know, he was supposed to be cocky and good looking and that type of he thing. He was busy hitting on the ladies. Yeah. I, I don't know. Something about that really bugged me. But so, of course you grow to love him. So. Sounds like a polar opposite uh, role than he had in Lars and the Real Girl. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, very much so. <laughs> Did you see that movie? Shane? I have not seen it. It's funny. It, do you know what it's about? No. <laughs> it's about uh, him uh, having a relationship with a uh, a sex doll. Oh, okay. But he doesn't treat it as a sex doll. He it's treats it like, like it's a real person. Yeah. person. Yeah. yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's actually a, a decent movie. It's not great, but it should have been it should have been a lot better than it actually was. Yeah, like right, I right. thought it would have been a lot funnier. Yeah, it was still okay. It was still a good movie, but. I wanted more. <laughs> Anything else? Um, well, I saw the Smurfs the other day. <laughs> Go for it. Um, I kind of mentioned it a little bit. Yeah, but. quickly. Um, <laughs> I, I read some reviews. They're really bad. And so I did not have high expectations at all. I mean, really, I, I never watched the cartoons or was it a... It was a cartoon, yeah. like a Saturday morning cartoon, I think. Yeah, so this is one of when those we were genera- kids. <laughs> yeah, generational I n- things. I never watched those, so I had no backstory on any of the the Smurfs themselves. I love Neil Patrick Harris, and I love Sofia Vergara, mm-hmm. and um, Jayma Mays, who's from Glee. So I love all three of them. They starred in the movie, and they all were just kind of lackluster. Yeah. Not my NPH. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I, I love NPH, but 
eh, there's no chemistry and the storyline was just boring and so over but the kids that I went to see it with loved it. Mm-hmm. They loved the Smurfs. They thought it was funny. Yeah. A lot of the jokes were just kind of easy, stupid jokes for kids. Mm-hmm. Smurfing as a verb. Yeah. Smurf everywhere. Smurf, smurf, smurf smurfy, smurf, smurf, smurf. And the stupid song that they sing. Julie has been humming that nonstop. It's awful. It makes me want to scratch my nails on a chalkboard. <laughs> so for me, the Smurfs, like I used to watch the Saturday morning cartoon all the time and I loved it. But it's not really a cartoon series that like stuck with me. Like I'm trying I'm trying to think of like other old cartoons that I have more of a fondness for. Like uh, Darkwing Looney Duck. Tunes or what, what did you say, Jason? Darkwing Duck. Darkwing Dark, Duck. Oh, Darkwing Duck's off. Yeah, stuff like that. Oh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you know, stuff like that. That that kinda stuck with me more than Smurfs. So I wasn't that interested in seeing the movie. But yeah, I wanted to see something with my daughter and uh and so I took her to see the Smurfs, and she really liked it. And yeah, I think little kids are just going to like this movie. It's totally geared towards them, which yeah brings me to my point that it's not geared towards the adults at all, especially to those who watched the cartoons. And the cartoons are, are based off of a comic book. So the Smurfs started out as a Belgian comic book, similar to uh, Tintin, which comes out later this year, was also a Belgian comic book and yeah i'm hoping that movie is a lot better than the smurfs movie but yeah it's uh let's see what else did i say about the smurfs you you mentioned the the cast being yeah just having no chemistry and i agree with that there's just yeah none of them were given any time to really do anything so a lot of it has to do with the director uh i don't have his name here but he has done big mama's house Scooby Doo, oh, and a roll here. Beverly Hills Chihuahua. Oh, give Ooh. that man an Oscar. <laughs> so, I mean, you can kind of see from that that it wasn't going to be. Very My question good. is: is why did all of these people sign up for this movie? I mean, yeah, if you look at the voices money. of some of the Smurfs, George Lopez, um, Katy Perry, which was kind of random, but Alan Cumming, um, Tim Fred Gunn. Arm. Armisen? How do Armisen. you say yeah. Armisen, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there was like BJ Novak from The Office. I mean, there oh, were a BJ lot Novak. of big names. But respect. <laughs> <laughs> there, yeah. I just didn't know why. I mean, it's made a decent amount of money, hasn't it? There's not a lot of kid movies out right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably going to end in the 90 to $100 million range. So I'm guessing that's like the only reason why they signed on the to Smurf this movie. Name and- yeah, probably I have a, the parents. Voice work is really the, easy. Yeah, <laughs> and you probably get the actors that are like, oh, my kid will like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't really researched that very much, but yeah, that would probably be a good guess. And yeah, I mean, Smurfs being part of their time too, I guess. Yeah, probably. Right. Oh, um, actually, I thought the comedic genius of the movie was the cat. <laughs> <laughs> What's his name? I can't even Azrael? pronounce his name. Yeah, Azrael. Azrael. I thought that was the only funny part in the whole movie you know and i thought hank azaria looks like gargamel very much but he was just over the top for me yeah it reminded me of um nine at the museum too when he was the villain like he's just like 
you could tell he's kind of like improving and just he's just going way over the top and he does the same thing in this role and uh, I found it interesting that they added Smurf characters like you know they they have the old ones Papa Smurf clumsy uh, Smurfette and what was it Brainy but they added Grouchy and Gutsy Grouchy is the one done by George Lopez and and did his character have any like did he do anything special no he just complained i think he just complained <laughs> the whole time and so it's like uh, were they trying to be like diverse were they like hey we need to get a mexican <laughs> smurf in there like <laughs> so i didn't I understand that and then gutsy is like a scottish guy um maybe they thought that would be humorous i guess scottish but people you know, are funny I, I don't know. It's just weird. Like, why did they add those? Yeah, you know two? that great comedy uh, train spotting. Love no comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, yeah, I didn't like it at all. I think it's it's the worst movie I've seen so far this year. Ooh, ouch. I, but I don't go to very many bad movies. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, one of the worst movies I've seen this year. Very bad. I'm glad I went to a matinee. <laughs> and didn't have to pay for it. So nice. Uh, I'm glad I didn't have to pay for it either. <laughs> Thanks, Jason. You're welcome. <laughs> you let us see so many crappy movies that we would never have seen. <laughs> um, Richard is officially seeing every single movie that's he, out in theaters. That's ridiculous. his oh his new thing. He started this summer. He saw Monte Carlo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he has he has a or friend. Looked like a like a pervert going well, into that movie. He didn't go by himself. <laughs> That movie is a remake of the Hillary Duff movie. They said that there was a guy in there by himself watching the movie. (laughs) Yeah, and then they're like, "At least we didn't pay for it." (laughs) Uh, But yeah, he's going to like his mission is to see every single movie. He he and his friend from work on um, Tuesday night we went to trivia, and then afterwards they went to see Planet of the Apes, and then they were watching the twelve oh one midnight show of uh, the Help, even though they had no desire to see that movie. And I was like, oh, Richard, you got a big weekend. You got Glee and I know, Final Destination. Oh, my God. I'm so excited for Glee. <laughs> I'm so excited for Glee. Oh. I want to see 30 Minutes or Less. Oh, yeah. That looks good, too. Because I love Aziz Ansari. Yeah. And I'm going to say, where's, where's DJ Roomba? <laughs> What's hot DJ Roomba? There's a whole Tumblr that is dogs that look like Tom Haverford. <laughs> really? It's hilarious. <laughs> Have you been to um, the uh, it's a, some website someone made that was uh, TomHaverFood.com or something like that? Chicky where, Chicky Parm Parm? Yeah. Well, they just quote after quote of his... Uh, <laughs> I guess Trader Joe's is like quoting Parks and Rec. That's awesome. And in their advertisements, there's a picture of him, a drawn picture, and it says, Get our Chicky Chicky Parm Parm. <laughs> that is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for your contributions, Shannon. I guess that's going to end our show today. (laughs) Nice. Just kidding. Well. Love you. Love you too. Honestly, I I had a hard time coming up with something to review because Cameron and I, I mean, we obviously watch a lot of the same movies and TV shows. So I wasn't really sure what I could contribute. So the one thing we don't is books. As I've mentioned, Cameron does not like to read. So I knew that there wouldn't be any repeats there. So I've been reading um, the Kane Chronicles, um, the first Michael two books. Michael Kane? No, not Michael Kane. <laughs> Sugar. K A N E Kane. Like um, Bane. 
Michael Caine would be so ashamed. <laughs> you guys going to let me talk? It's from C-Lab 2020. I know. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, Caine um, Chronicles from the same author of Percy Jackson, which I really liked, um, Rick Riordan. And yes, I do read a lot of young adult books. That's fine. I feel stupid. <laughs> so is that one young adult then? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, it's about, it's kind of, it's similar to Percy Jackson in that it's about mythology, about um, where Percy Jackson was about the Greek gods. Um, this is about Egyptian gods. But it, it, there is kind of a different approach to it. It's not so much where Percy Jackson was like children of the gods, demigods. This is... um sort of descendants of the pharaohs and magicians, powers they have. It follows um, a brother and sister that their their mother died when they were young and they were, she was, the girl was raised by her mother's parents and he traveled the world with his father who was an Egyptologist. And um, his father disappears on um Christmas Day, they go to visit the sister. They get to see her twice a year in London. And he opens some sort of portal in the British Museum to the Rosetta Stone, is overtaken by the god Osiris. And it's basically about the brother and sister's mission to free him and restore order to the world. <laughs> Interesting. So how is it compared to Percy Jackson? Is it better or worse? I'd say about the same. I think there's more action than there is in Percy Jackson. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say better or worse. I like them about the same. Mm-hmm. There's there're only two bo- two books into the series. I I bought the first book and then I just downloaded the second book on my new Kindle which I am loving, which I got at Fred Meyer. <laughs> Oh, you did get it at Fred Meyer. I did get it at Fred Meyer. (laughs) They gave like a gift card. Yes, a $30 gift card if you buy a 3G Kindle. So yeah, I I just read the, got finished reading the second book. And yeah, it's a really good series. I hope it, I hope it continues and I hope he continues writing and that it's just as good. Do you think they can make a movie out of it? I think they could. I hope it's better done than Percy Jackson, but, um. Yeah, it just really depends who who they get as a director. And I think it has the potential to be a really good series or to be a really good movie. Mm -hmm. It's very entertaining. I probably Um, won't be reading that. You probably won't. (laughs) (laughs) Because you haven't even read Percy Jackson. Unless the movie's really good. Yes, if they make a movie and it's really good, you'll probably read it. But I think it has a lot more action than Percy Jackson. So it could be a better movie because of that. It's very interesting. All right. Well, that, I think, does it for us today on Camfu and Friends. I'd like to thank my guest hosts for helping me out today, Jason, Bethany, and Shannon. Thank you very much for being here. You're, You're welcome. so welcome. It is my pleasure. <laughs> I'll wait for you to start talking before yeah. I talk. Interrupt me. That's um, what I do best. <laughs> Again. Like I said earlier, you can find me at my website, camfoo.com. That's cam-foo.com. If you are enjoying the podcast, feel free to share it with others. You can comment anywhere on the timeline of this podcast if you are listening to the Embedded Player on our website or on Facebook. Or you can comment in our comment section. Let us know how you feel about Harry Potter. I mean, uh, it's, it's a big deal, so uh, we want to hear from you. 
and uh, what you thought about any of the movies that we've reviewed today. Like I said, we have a Facebook page. You can like us on that. And if you are a tweeter, you can find us at twitter.com slash friends, all one word. Subscribe to us through iTunes if you haven't already. Additional big thank yous to Ryan for mixing the show and to Randy for helping uh, set up the room. Our, uh, our studio is going through a uh, major upgrade, so we've had to kind uh, of set up crazy rig here. And uh, we even had some recording issues that I'll probably explain on, the, on my website later. But anyway... I also want to thank uh, whoever's going to be responsible for making the Harry Potter segment bumper. I haven't uh, asked anyone to do that for me yet. So thanks, whoever does that. I'll, uh, I'll thank you in the show notes on the uh, podcast article. And uh, last but certainly not least, thank you, the listeners, for tuning in today. We hope that you enjoyed the show. We are out of here. Peace out. So long. Merlin's beard.